I'll tell you two things. So why why is there number one? Why is there a um, a tradition in Jerusalem to go to the temple to go to the wall on Shavuos? That's question number one. Question number two is why is there this custom to stay up the whole night, the night. and study? So uh, first of all, there's, there's things that they're probably told they're not related, but because you brought it up, we know that uh, the reunification of Jerusalem on the third day of the Six Day War. Uh, which obviously was not part of the uh, missions. Uh, uh, the, when the Israel launched the surprise attack on on what was June fifth, right, nineteen sixty seven, on the Egyptians, it was it was it was it, it was an act of defense. It was an act of defense, um, and they it, the objectives of the war was just to destroy the capacity of of the Egyptians and subsequently the Syrians and the Jordanians with a slight assist from the Iraqis. Uh, to, to destroy their the ability to you know to destroy their ability to destroy the fledgling state of Israel, that was the objective. But it was so wildly uh, successful, and within five minutes or twelve minutes, they destroyed every single functional uh, Egyptian plane. Hundreds of planes in minutes destroyed hundreds of them, and then a few minutes later, destroyed all the Syrians, all, all their air force on the ground. The Israelis came in, and they were not. There was not even one. Plane, not even one uh, Egyptian fighter jet in the sky. They were all on the ground, and they just destroyed them one by one. Every single one of them, hundreds of planes. Right, and the same thing to the to, to the amazing, amazing victory. Right, everyone was forecasting the destruction of Israel. A nineteen-year experiment that no one would even remember. That's what everyone was forecasting. The all the foreigners were fleeing, and the Americans and the and the French were not. Supportive of Israel, then the Israel was all alone. Tremendous victory, right? Day number one, day number two, day number three. They said, "Hey, what the heck?" And the Jordanians jumped into jumped into the war the second day uh, because they had been been misled to believe that the that that Tel Aviv was on fire, and uh, they they were misled by the by the Egyptian uh, uh, propaganda. Egyptian were propaganda. Of course, we're winning, and right, uh, the Israelis said, "We're going to keep quiet." Because the second we open up our mouths and say what's going to happen, in the UN, they're going to say, you better stop the war right now. So their objective was to keep it quiet. And they sent Abba Ibn, who was the, far, was the, was the foreign minister, they sent him to the, to the United Nations. And his one goal was to just be as mum as possible and prevent a UN declaration of, of a, of a, of a uh, ceasefire. That was his, his only goal. Because they were just being so wildly successful. And they were just... They just triple the size of their land, and just like that, with almost no casualties. And then on the third day, they said, what the heck? Why don't we get the old city of Jerusalem? And they just, they just, they just waltzed in. They waltzed in from, from different, from different entrances of the city, destroyed the, destroyed the, the, the barricades, right? There was, you know, the, 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 the Jordanians who were, who were the ones who were occupying the old city from 1948 to 1967, they had put like buses to try to stop the, the, the Israelis came in with tanks and just destroyed the, the, you know, and they just captured everything. It was a total shock. It means in a three day period, it went from this Israel is over. Let's pack our bags and go back to, I don't know, Poland, United States, where we're we going. Israel's done. So suddenly we have, we have, we have Jerusalem. We have the temple. Now we have the Kotel. We have the, the, the Western wall. We have acts. We have the entire West Bank. Right before that, Israel at, at, at its narrowest point was nine miles long. That's the Hardy Toll Road. That's the width of the uh, of of. It's even less than Hardy Toll Road. That was the width of the country. Totally, totally undefensible. 
right? Or indefensible, right? Indefendable. Totally at the mercy of their hostile Arab neighbors. And like that, it's, it, they were able to uh, capture Jerusalem. And when was that? When did they, when was that? That was the time of, of Shavuos. Of Shavuos. And the first day they opened up uh, to what they did was the first the, 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 the um, if y'all I'm sure everyone here has been to Israel the, to the Western Wall is that true? So there's the massive plaza, but it wasn't actually a massive plaza. All it was is a wall, three feet, and then tons of uh, of, of Arab homes. They had built it, so they took bulldozers and just destroyed all the homes. I made a massive plaza. That's what they did. So they did. They they captured it on the third day of the war. A few a few more days of war left, right? Try to grab as much of uh, you know as, as as many as many um, uh, objectives or renewed objectives of, of of the Israeli state, and then what do you do? You bring in the bulldozers and clear away all the uh, all the clear away all the all those all those houses, and the, and and they opened up for the public. What the first day they opened up was Shavuos, was the holiday of Shavuos, and tens of thousands of people flocked to to, to for the first time. And since then, it became a tradition or custom that on the first day of Shuas, everyone goes to the te- goes to the west goes to the western wall. So that's why everyone just went to the west. So that's number one. Number two, um, why do we stay up the whole night of Shuas? We don't do that for Pesach. We don't do that for Sukkot. We don't do it for Rosh Hashanah. Even on the holiest day of the year, on Yom Kippur, no one stays up the whole night and studies Torah. So why Shuas? So the answer lies in the Midrash. The Midrash says that um, the Jews got the Torah, the Sinai experience, the most significant event in, in, in human history or in the history of the world, of the universe, was the Sinai Revelation. And the Sinai Revelation was early in the morning. And the Jews were schluffed. Jews were sleeping. And God had to wake the Jews up. And therefore, we have a custom in order to repent for that uh, uh, misdeed of, of sleeping in when we know that we're going to get the Torah. We were sleeping in and God had to wake us up. We're going to say, no, every Shavuos night, we're going to step the whole night to repent for the Jews sleeping that night and oversleeping and had to be woken up by God. <laughs> problem is, what's the problem with this, uh, with this, uh, with this uh, tradition that we have? If you were the Jews, you had just your 50 days, your month and a half away from uh, leaving Egypt in a miraculous fashion, splitting of the sea in miraculous fashion. God tells you, God tells them, I'm going to give you the most amazing event in human history in three days, right? Three days before, three days before uh, the, the Sinai experience, uh, the Almighty tells the Jews, right, you know, uh, separate from your, from your family so you shouldn't, uh, shouldn't have to ritual impurity and clean your clothing in three days, the momentous event of giving the Torah at Sinai, national prophecy, revelation, an a, a, a event unmatched, uh, not beforehand, not afterwards in human history, where there was prophecy by, uh, by uh, hundreds of thousands of people all at once. An amazing event's going to happen, and the Jews really went to sleep, and they overslept. What do you think? Is, that, is, that, is, that, is that crazy? Right? If, if like, the, the first day of school, or, you know, um, not the first day of school, but you're, tomorrow you're going to, I don't know, hiking around the, the Delaware River with your with your classmates. You're going to you're going to tomorrow night to a Texans game, right? You, the, and the kids always wake up like at four in the morning. Can't, 
can't can't fall back asleep because they have such anticipation for the event. There's such anticipation for the event. How is it possible that the Jews at the zenith, at the apex of spiritual ecstasy and achievement, would fall asleep, and not only that, would sleep in? Have to be woken up. So a friend of mine, uh, I'll say his name, uh, David Clayman, who lives in Columbus, Ohio, really good friend of mine. He once told me, it's our Torah to try to understand this. And this is something you can share with your friends. Everyone knows that people stay up overnight. Now you know why they stay up overnight. And now there's an obvious question. If the Jew, the Jews overslept, really? Would you oversleep? You wouldn't oversleep if I'm told, you know, if if, if the Texans game started at 7 o'clock, you'd be up at 4 uh, you know, and if you were if you were told that, uh, uh, you know, come to my office at five in the morning, I'll give you a million dollars. Everyone will be there on time, mm-hmm. and it's something which is even greater than that, prophecy, right? Priceless. You're going to sleep in, really? So my friend David Clayman told me that the Talmud says, "How Omer, if someone makes a net, if someone makes a vow to." Um, not sleep for three days. He could sleep right away. Now, laws of vows are complex, but one of the things that vow, when, in the halachic vows, I don't want to get into it, it's a whole tract in Talmud, but halachic vows means when I say I'm, I accept a vow to not eat oranges for 30 days, I am bound by this vow. I cannot eat oranges for 30 days. If I eat oranges, I am guilty of a tremendous sin and I'm punished and it's a terrible thing. When you say something with a certain parameters and a certain conditions, right? Uh, obviously, very complex laws. But if you say something like that, I take a vow to not do X or to yes to X, I am bound by that. If you ever heard people say, Bli neder, if you've ever heard that, means you're saying without a neder, without a vow. I say, oh, yeah, I'll be by your house. Bli neder. You'll hear that? What it means is without a vow. People are fearful of vows. So if someone makes a vow, I'm not going to sleep for three days, he could sleep right away. Why could he sleep right away? He gets punished as if he uh, uh, went against his vow, but he could sleep right away. So they explain in the Talmud that someone it's not possible for someone to go three days without sleeping. Not possible. So if I make a vow, I'm asleep, I'm not gonna sleep for three days. The vow itself is 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 is, is it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that I'm that, 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 I, that I'm going to uh, to go against this vow. And therefore, I have punished right away. But I can sleep right away because I already, I already went against the vow. <clears throat> the Jews, the Almighty told the Jews, in three days, you get in the Torah. Prepare yourself. The Jews were so excited. They were so excited they couldn't sleep for three days. But we know that there's a limit of how much a person can go without sleep. And that's three days. They were so excited they couldn't fall God told them the day, the night, they just couldn't fall asleep. Tried to go to sleep, but they were just too excited. After three days, they just collapsed because it's not possible for someone to sleep, to not sleep for more than three days. And that's why they were sleeping at the time of Matan Torah, of the the giving of the Torah, and had to be woken up. Beautiful, Mm -hmm. uh, beautiful idea. Thank you, David, Aaron, Clayman. Any any questions uh, of... um, Related to any of the discussions, they're welcome right now. Yeah, I know we went over time. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good.